0: Welcome to the Queen Trail Podcast. Meditation doesn't have to be sitting still and having an empty mind. The journey is such a beautiful thing because we are all on a journey. You wanna make sure you have some kind of distribution plan, at least have an idea of it, because
1: you can make this really amazing film and it only gets seen by your family and friends. Old Hollywood is still intact. Every horse runs hard, but when they win, and they know it, they've got this little sass about them.
0: It was pretty rough, I had to go into the water and with my med pack, swim to the beach, treat these guys,
1: put them on my back, swim out to the helo.
0: And I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen those
1: before. And I said, what are those? And before I could even finish the sentence, she said, oh my God, you didn't touch them, did you? Even if monarchs go away and we never see one again, because there never will be monarchs again, if they die out, it is just a little indicator of
0: larger threats. Yeah. My dad said, So, what were you guys doing in the desert? I said, We were taking nude photos. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I hope you had a great week since the last time that we got together. Let me give you a couple of updates regarding my keto diet. I've been coasting along, it's become a habit. I think they say it takes 21 days for something to become a habit you just have to be consistent with it and there's a different number for how long it takes to break a habit Um, and I think that's a little bit longer like it might be a week longer or something like that so just be patient with yourself if you are trying to keep up with your new year's resolutions Um, What I have found that works really well for me, I do the intermittent fasting with the keto, which is what a lot of people do. And so I've got like a seven hour window during which I can eat and it is more than sufficient for me. Most of the fasting time is while I'm sleeping. And again, I am not recommending this for anybody. If you're going to intermittent fast or if you're gonna go on a diet for that matter, make sure that you talk to your physician first. Don't just go by what I'm saying. Again, this is my experience that I'm just sharing with you. So I stop eating at about 8.30 at night, which is fine with me. I'm usually pretty satisfied and full at that time. And then I start eating again at 1.30 in the afternoon. And what I have been doing is I have a gigantic salad. It's just a huge amount of greens. I just get chopped salad greens in a bag, throw my protein on top. I love pepitas or sunflower seeds or nuts. So I throw something like that on top of there. And then my favorite dressing is blue cheese. And if there happens to be an avocado in the kitchen, I throw that in as well. And that's a lot of food. And then I do have a cup of coffee at that time with some cream in there. I don't really need a sweetener. I just had gotten away from that quite a long time ago. I don't really like very sweet things anyway, although I do have a sweet tooth. So that's kind of funny. That salad is so substantial. And again, if you happen to be doing keto you need to have a lot of protein with your meals as well as the fat, which in this case is the nuts and the avocado and the blue cheese dressing. But you need to have that protein. You can't just have a salad with a bunch of dressing on top and call that keto. That's what's sustainable. You know, you actually need to have that. So like make it easy for yourself and a bag of salad and, you know, preparing your whatever it is that you're going to have during the week, whether it's chicken or meat or or tofu, just chop it up into the right size pieces and make sure that there's a substantial amount that's going to satisfy your hunger and satisfy your body's needs so that you can put that on top of your salad and it just makes life really, really easy. So usually I'm pretty full still at 6.30 or 7 and I'm not ready for another big giant meal like that. And like I said, I have a sweet tooth. So I've been making all of the sweet stuff that I've talked about and I just freeze it into serving size portions. And that's what I have for dinner. A lot of times is like I'm not all that hungry, Um, but it's that being able to have that sweet food for dinner and then I'm good to go until the next day. This week I made... Keto horchata. I love horchata. That is one of the things that I grew up on. My grandma, everybody in the family who was Costa Rican would make horchata, which is a rice based dish. And I just remember seeing them putting the rice in a bowl, covering it with water. Sometimes they would throw some peanuts in there. Oh, cinnamon sticks. They always put the cinnamon sticks in the water too. That was overnight. And then the next day, the magic happened with the milk and the sugar. And it was so good. It was just really refreshing. And I think my favorite was when there was less milk and more of that rice water in the beverage. It was heaven to me. So I made some keto orchata, which isn't very much different than that. Similar flavors lots of water in there but it doesn't have the starch from the rice so um, again it's not one for one it's similar and it was delicious and then the other thing that I made was keto almond joys I you know I don't watch very much TV anymore but I did when I was younger especially when I was a kid, And they would have those Almond Joy commercials on, right? And the Mounds ones, like, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. It just captured my imagination for whatever reason. And I don't think we ever really had those in the house, when I was younger. But I know when I got older, they kind of became my favorite chocolate. And then they've fallen out of favor with me for a lot of reasons. I have ethical issues with most of the big chocolate companies. So I don't tend to purchase chocolates. And I try not to eat them when they're around. Although I do eat them every once in a while, especially Halloween, you know, it's really hard to get away from them. But I do try not to. And I try to go more for ethical chocolates. So it's kind of cool to be able to make your own. And I happen to have stopped at a market that had little containers of pre chopped up stuff. And one of them was fresh coconut. If you are a coconut fan, you know that there is nothing better than fresh coconut. And I was like, dude, I'm getting one of these. So. It got lost in the fridge. It ended up probably under one of my jumbo bags of salad stuff. And I found it a few days later and I thought I really need to use this because it'll go bad quickly. So I made some Almond Joys and they're so good. I can't even tell you. So what else? Echo was scratching like crazy. So I had the vet come to the house. The bill for that was insane. (laughs) I just kind of like reconsidering my decision-making there. But here's the thing. So if you have a cat, you know that a lot of cats do not travel well. So I hate to put Echo through this torture because I think Echo is actually claustrophobic. I just came to that conclusion. She cannot stand being in a box. And if you put her in a box and you put her sister in a box... Her sister is just super calm. She doesn't like being in the box, but Echo turns into a little Velociraptor. Like she's tearing and biting and just going crazy trying to get out of her crate. And I worry that she's going to hurt herself. So I thought I'm going to have the vet come out to the house. And I love our vet, but the premium per cat for a vet who is like, 15 minutes away to make a house call versus taking the cats in to the office is hard to justify. You know, part of it is because we have to crate them anyway before the vet gets here. Oh my God, there was this one time. So we used to have a vet whose primary practice was making house calls. She had a hospital van and she was awesome. She came over all the time for years. So we really got used to that. And that's why I thought, well, let me try this this time. But she came over this one time. And we didn't know that there was this gigantic hole behind the refrigerator. Apparently, at some point, there was some work done. And the workers just pushed the refrigerator up against the wall. And you know, who looks behind their refrigerator, but it was a big hole. And Echo found it. This was the early days and we thought it would be really easy to have this very calm visit and it would just be super natural. Like somebody just came to visit that's holding you and then all is good, right? But no, cats, animals in general are very smart. Like they know somebody's coming to pick me up and poke and prod me and I don't want anything to do with these people. So Echo found this freaking hole. And Cameron was home at the time. Um, This was before he went into the service. So I sent Cameron back there first. And he's like, I don't see anything back here. I don't know where the cat is. And Dr. Paula's like, well, maybe she went under the fridge. And I'm like, there's no way because this is very flush to the ground. And there's, just no way. I know cats can do magical things, but this is very flush to the ground. So then Sophie goes back there and she's like, there's a hole back there. So we hand her a flashlight and it literally went the length of, you know, like just to the very end of the house. And Echo was all the way down there past all the pipes and the wood. And I mean, there was no way to reach this kitty cat. So everybody went to lunch. And then after lunch, we were like, hold on, we're going to go in the house crate her and then you can come upstairs. So that is how she got her checkup that time. So it's not like they don't get crated and she still turns into Echo still turns into a little velociraptor while she's in the house. Like she just does not understand why we're doing this and she hates it that much. But like I said, it's still kind of prohibitive. The fact that She still has to be crated whether she's here or going to the doctor's office and here she's probably sitting for 15 minutes. When we take her for a ride to the vet's office it is about 15 minutes as well so it's kind of like six to one half a dozen to the other and they're gonna have to figure out a way to kind of calm her down or something. I don't want to give her any medication so I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't happen frequently enough. And it doesn't seem to have long term effects on her. And they're so calm once they get to the office, I just need to figure out a way to calm Echo while we're on the way over there. But I just kind of thought, oh, let's make it a little bit easier. And it just it was not easier. And it was really, really expensive. Anyway, um, Sithy's having some digestive issues. She's a really big cat. They both get the same exact food. Both live in the same exact house. They're just metabolically different little creatures. And it's really interesting to see how I've got this one enormous cat. I call her Angie, which is short for Black Angus because she's a little cow. And Echo is just this little spazzo. And I think that kind of makes a difference. Like even when they were little, Echo was tearing around the house. She'd leave a fire trail behind her. She'd be careening off the walls. And Scythe would just sit down and watch Echo bounce off the walls. And so exercise makes a huge difference with animals too, as you know. But I think that the most interesting thing to me, especially because I was just talking about diet, that you've got these two cats who came from the same exact litter, and one of them is naturally predispositioned to be a bigger animal and hang on to her fat. In fact, cats have all of this extra skin and fur at their belly. And evolutionarily, it's like this natural protection that they've evolved with. And it's called a primordial pouch. But Siti has so much primordial fat (laughs) that the vets always ask me if she's had a litter. And they were spayed quite early on. So no, she's never had a litter, but she does have a lot around her middle. And to me, it's just evidence of how genetics and metabolism can be so different among siblings of the same family. And I think it's just much more pronounced in animals. I am not a scientist, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just spouting a bunch of bullshit here. But when I look at my cats, they came from the same litter. I have one black cat and I have a silver tabby. When Cytharia, which is her full name, we just call her Cythi, was a baby when we first got her. She was actually a black on black tabby. And now she's just this luxurious, solid black Um, But that's the connection to them being closer in coloring to one another and clearly from the same litter. But I think that looking at them, I can see where genetics just plays such a huge factor in the amount of fat that one cat is holding versus the other one. They're healthy, by the way, completely healthy. And then Vladimir, his garden is going nuts it's so packed what would normally be weeds and so I keep breaking off the dandelion flowers as soon as they open up he loves the flowers the best anyway but I'm so worried that my entire yard is going to be a dandelion patch and that that's big big dandelion it's gonna be a dandelion field out there you have never seen plants growing so healthily And happily, as this patch of weeds for the tortoise. So, I need to go out there and start pulling some of them, even though I hate to do that because I want to make sure that they have a constant supply of food. So, the other thing that I wanted to talk about because this episode, this part two of my talk with Cindy McCann, my amazing friend who is an expert on autism and is now a life coach who is planning to work with parents of autistic children design her entire practice around that. A lot of it is talking about kindness and surrounding yourself with good people and enhancing those relationships, you know, just to spread more goodness out there into the world. So one of the things that happened this weekend is that I got together with a bunch of my girlfriends and I just consider myself so lucky. I have several different groups of girlfriends that I connect with for different activities. And this group, I've known some of them since grade school. And we're still getting together and talking about our kids and talking about our travel and talking about work and plans and dumb stuff or our dreams. You know, we still have lots of things that we want to accomplish And in the process of that, we have so much fun. I don't know when's the last time that I laughed so much and just was enjoying everybody's conversation. I think there were about 12 of us that got together and it was just great spreading that kindness, the smiles, you know, laughter is just so good for you. So it's just nice that that is the connection to this episode So without further ado, please join me in this week's In the Company of Friends Talk with Cindy McCann. Enjoy. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I really think about is the impatience that we have where it's like we want to be able to tell people something once and then it's done and we can move on. And that person just should totally know that forever. And then I start thinking about how everything is practice, 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 practice. And so you've got to repeat yourself often and frequently and not be annoyed about it. You know, you might have to tell an adult the same thing several times before they get it because their learning style is different. And I think somewhere along the line, we both spoke about expectations about different things that we were talking about and how the reality is different. And we've got to get away from our expectations and slide into what the reality is of every relationship in our lives. And the people, you know, that their learning styles are not your learning style. And that repetition is just a part of life. So patience and, you know, go with the flow. Yep. Well, as a, as a preschool
1: teacher... I learned that repetition is the way kids learn. That's why they can sing the same song every day for 400 days, you know, (laughs) or or say the same poems or, you know, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that again. But kids aren't like that. You know, they're like, we love that. Let's do this one. Or they just start singing it or playing with the same things, you know, and I'm all behind repetition. The other way to get learning is through immersion, you know. Some intensive event happens in your life, you know, that gets into your conscious and subconscious pretty fast when something momentous happens in your life, right? getting a gold award.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. Congratulations
1: on that, by the way.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, I am just still on cloud nine about that. Yeah, that was really exciting. So I've got two more questions for you. Um, One of them is, if you had one thing to share with the world, what would it be? I think it's got to be always be kind, you know, I just find that it's the
1: key to connection is to be kind to each other to look for ways to honor people and honor their diversity and honor their journey. And as long as you're leading with kindness, that's easier to do. And kind of my philosophy, you know, I know it seems pretty simple, but
0: it can move mountains. Yeah, it definitely can. I like that. That's great advice. If people wanted to get a hold of you, how could they reach you? Or are you at that point yet? I, I'm not at that point okay. yet.
1: That's one of the things I'm going to do, Sylvia, is I'm going to start posting now and getting myself present again online so that people can see it. And you probably know a lot more about it than I do. But how do, how do people get a hold of you?
0: Through the Queen Trail podcast at gmail.com. You can create a Gmail really easily. So that would be one step. I did look to see if the name was being used anywhere else. And that took a lot because originally I wanted the name to have sunflower in it. Something like, you know, the Sunflower Project. Is that what Queen trow
1: means? I didn't know what that word meant.
0: Queen trow is a woman who basically embraces life. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't uh, sunflowers, but... Because sunflowers are so popular, every permutation of a title with sunflower in it was already taken. So then I had to come up with a, another name that I really liked or a title that I really... So that whole naming yourself could take forever if you're not going to use your name, if it's an eponymous name. Title. Then you can just say, you know, Cindy McCann, you would just kind of have to play around with it. Mm -hmm. And then once you figure out what it is, then you can get the domain name. And then once you do that, then you can start a website. And you know, then you just go from there. And I also got a logo. I've got stickers. So I mean, like when I help you with getting yourself set up, we'll just go through all of that stuff. And you know, it might not get done all in one day, but I can show you everything that I did.
1: You are so awesome. I love
0: that. It is all just a learning curve. But I think like you said, always work from a position of not just kindness, but being able to, you know, spread your knowledge And I just think that, you know, just the way that the world is, there's not enough kindness, even though there's a lot of it out there, there is just never enough, you know, come from a place of kindness, because we've just become so jaded as a society that I think it needs to be out there much more. You know,
1: we oftentimes let diversity separate us where I think when you embrace diversity, it expands us and it makes us better and it exhilarates our souls. And the best way to connect is through kindness. You know, everybody will respond to a smile and a kind word you know it's funny the young man at the grocery store that i like to go through his line because i just kind of like him one day i'm talking to him and he looks like he could be a football player i think he actually played water polo and stuff in high school really strong looking college kid i asked he was off for a few days and i asked him i said oh what'd you do with your time off and he plays the violin he said oh i hardly practice my violin i gotta Mm. go do this concert thing tonight and i'm like you play the violin he's like yeah And I'm like, I love knowing that about you. You know, it's just we're building this relationship from just these conversations when I come through his line when I happen to be there when he's on his shift. But you know, it doesn't take a lot to make somebody's day if you just offer a little bit of gentleness, show a little bit of appreciation, pause in the moment and be present for them. It's really about being present too
0: being present, lets them know that they're valued.
1: Mm -hmm. And some people don't get any validation beyond that in a day, you know, some people's lives are pretty rough. Mm -hmm. And if we're just that one force that took time to show them some kindness and some love that day, it could be life changing for some people.
0: That's so true. Um, You are now a life master coach, a success coach. So you're kind of Moving from kids to adults to teach them how to connect again with their kids, so it's kind of like this big circle. It's still involving kids, but it's going through the adults. So, what are your plans with that? I'm just so blessed, Sylvia. My life just unfolds. I
1: just always feel led to where I'm supposed to be, and. About a year ago in October, I signed up to take a class from Mary Morrissey, and it was on dream building. And it's just a three-day conference to just teach you how to build a dream and to live the life you love. What do you love and how do you bring that into your life? I wasn't planning on this journey, but I'll tell you something. My spirit just lined up with that. I felt the calling being placed on my life to align with this. And I signed up to become a dream builder coach. And then there's an extended one called Life Mastery Coach. And I signed up for both of them, not even having any idea, never having thought of being a life coach. That was not anything in my peripheral vision at all. But from the moment I did it, I never looked back. It was an investment, but it was an investment in my life. And it's an investment in future and in my dreams coming true. And the last year and a half has been so fun for me and so expansive for my own soul and for my own dreams. And I'll tell you a little thing about that TEDx talk. It was a year ago, about I think it was December 29th of that year. I was writing out what I'd love for the year, and or not just the year, but for my life, what my expectations and dreams were. And I'd written, someday I'd love to give a TEDx talk. That was just one thing I'd written down. I got up and went in the kitchen to get a drink. 10 minutes later, I get a phone call And it's from a lady I had taken a writing class from in the summer. And she said, Cindy, we're hosting a TEDx talk in Trinidad in March. And we've nominated you to be one of our speakers. Oh, wow. And I said, well, considering I just wrote that down as a goal, I think it's a yes.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: I was so in alignment with spirit that day that I wrote it and it just unfolded. I, I don't know if you guys believe in law of attraction or not. Where we put our focus are the things that we attract, but there's also a vibration. And when you're on that vibration, like the frequency of like a radio station, when you tune it in to a certain station, you get the broadcast clearly. And it's the same thing with when you tune into your dreams and your goals at the right vibration, they happen. And and that day, it just happened fast. And then I hung up and I went outside, and I, standing outside, and I see this monarch butterfly. And I said in my head, I wonder if I put my hand out, if she'd land on it. And she came and landed on my hand. Oh, gosh. And I said, wow, <laughs> I am in alignment today. And that's kind of how that unfolded. But this is how this journey for me with learning how to be a dream builder coach and a life mastery coach has come about. And I didn't want to jump into the coaching too fast. I wanted to continue on my own journey and get myself settled in to applying those principles fully in my own life. You know, they were similar to things i had grown up learning from my family and stuff, but I was pushing it to a new level and a higher level. And that's what I've been doing. I've been learning and being coached myself. I've invested highly in my own coaching. And like I said, I had a health journey. I had a knee surgery and I got involved with the training to be with a health and wellness coach to cover that part
0: of my life. And so I'm just trying to be full circle. When did you When did you have the knee surgery?
1: I had it in August, and my knee looked like I was 85 years old, and it hurt. It was painful, and I I had gotten so used to it, I didn't know how debilitating it had become. But lining up with seeing myself as whole, seeing myself with a healed knee, you know, people blessed and prayed and envisioned me being well. I had the most amazing surgery. Everything, everything unfolded so smoothly. It was just like lining up with a butterfly landing on my hand. I came through that surgery so brilliantly, and I healed so fast. I called myself a super healer. Wow. I think I used the walker about two days in my house, and then I didn't use it anymore. And even outside when I started physical therapy, I think I walked with the cane two days, and then after that, I didn't need it. And it's just everything just healed so quickly and so fast. And now I'm just waiting for approval on my other knee which is not as bad as the first one, but still.
0: And it's going to be a total knee replacement yeah, as well. It's still
1: going to be total knee replacement, which I don't mind because I feel so much younger again. Yeah. And so much more vital.
0: I have to say that I am so jealous of how quickly you recovered from your knee surgery because I don't know if you knew, but I tore my meniscus no. early, early last year. And it took forever to get it treated properly, and then finally to get the surgery approved. So it was about five months from the time that the tear occurred before I could have surgery. And once I had surgery, I accelerated the recovery there. I mean, like I did a lot of work, but it was almost a full year of me being immobile, immobilized (laughs) by it. So I just went on a hike last week, I went on my first hike. And Mm -hmm. it's at a place where I can do just about everything, um, kneeling, or like really getting that bend in there, like I can do with the other knee is still a little bit of a struggle. But I'm working on that because I want to have 100% full mobility back in that knee. But it did take me a long time to to, uh, heal from that. Because didn't you used to do kickboxing? I did. I did about four years of kickboxing and a lot of self-defense classes. And then I was a fitness nutrition coach for quite a while. And yeah, so I've always been active. <laughs> so this been me. Very active. And um,
1: that's a pretty cool journey that you did too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was a lot of fun doing all of that. But... Even though it was a setback, it also kind of forced me to slow down and really, again, prioritize and really appreciate the health of my knee, appreciate Mm -hmm. the little things that I was still able to do, because you don't think about any individual component of your body, usually until you injure it. At least that's the way (laughs) that it is with me. And then it becomes so monumental, like... I really need that knee to do so many things and it just led me to really appreciate the health of my knee. And I've always been aware of how important health is from working in healthcare in the past and just seeing how easily things can go downhill if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not honoring the body that you live in, you know. We get so caught up in wanting to be 30 pounds lighter that we forget how amazing our bodies are. We are actually perfect and amazing the way that we already are. And that message doesn't get out there enough. And um, anyway, that was a tangent, but. But an important one. (laughs) Yeah. I like the gratitude you feel for your body.
1: I, I think gratitude goes a long ways in healing you know, as we express the gratitude for any cell in our body, you know, you're right about them being amazing machines. I have so often taken my body for granted. And uh, one of the things as I'm aging, I've decided I want to age well, I want to be vibrant and healthy and dynamic for as long and as as much as I can.
0: Mm -hmm. Me too. That's a great goal to have. Um, There's a hill that goes straight up near my home. And it is a climb. And I used to run it. And I'd get part way up, and it just gets steeper and steeper as you go up. And sometimes I would think, I need to stop. And, you know, I've got this little drill sergeant in my head. I've always had this drill sergeant in my head going, You are not going to stop. You can't stop. Keep going. You know, so I wouldn't stop. But this one day, as I was running up this hill and thinking to myself, I need to stop, I looked across the street. And there was this little old guy. He was really old and amazing. I feel like he was probably 90 years old. He was very elderly. And he was just chugging up that hill, slow and steady, but he was running. And he just kept focused directly ahead of him. And I thought, well, if he's not stopping, I can't stop. I mean, you know, this guy's got like 50 years on me and he's going (laughs) up this hill. And he was such an inspiration. And the crazy thing is we got to the top of that hill and I always turned right. And it was still a little bit of a hill, but it wasn't nearly as steep. He turned left and then went up an even steeper hill. That was like a forever steeper hill. And I never forgot that I would time it so that he was across the street from me. And I wouldn't have an excuse to stop running.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: And, you know, and then, you know, my dad rides. uh, Well, he doesn't anymore. He has stopped. But when he turned 73, he was riding from Lomita to Arizona solo on his bicycle to go visit his sister's. I know. And then he would come back and he did that for many years. Um so I think that having mobility and health as a goal for, you know, your later years is a fantastic goal to have you know, you want to live, you want to live as much as possible and have joy yes. in your life, like you said, and being healthy is one of the ways to accomplish that.
1: Well, you've certainly been a good example of that. I mean, you have always been all about that. And I always think about you. You as highly fit and highly agile, and you are always out there doing so many cool things. I do think you've been amazing for all of us to think, oh, "I could do more," and <laughs> and now I know why. You got a dad that yeah. writes to Arizona and an older man that's running up and down the hills in his seventies, and <laughs> that's fantastic.
0: I see motivating factors in other people. It's just something that I notice, but I want to integrate those behaviors into my life. And so I think I'm really lucky, really fortunate in that way. And I've managed to surround myself with just some super amazing people, yourself included. Oh, but
1: you've you you you've integrated those things long ago into your life. Ever since I've known you, you have been kind and generous and thoughtful and joyful.
0: Oh, thank
1: you. Obviously, we have a connection and we've remained friends all these years, even though we don't see each other much. There's such a fondness for you and for your children and that our paths crossed and connected so nicely.
0: Oh, thanks, Cindy.
1: I'm glad you're doing this podcast. What a great way for you to share the beauty of your own soul with everybody and and to bring forth others it's you're you're doing a wonderful thing i feel really honored to be talking with you today so thank you
0: oh yes and thanks for being part of the program i i always feel honored when my friends say yes it's just a gift to me to be able to connect and chat and catch up and learn all about all of these wonderful things that you're doing and I'm so Um, I'm so proud of you. You're a great interviewer.
1: You're you're really.
0: This is very natural for you. I'm kind of impressed.
1: It's it's been fun to talk with you.
0: It wasn't that easy to begin with. I mean, I had an idea of what I wanted the podcast to be, but you know, everything looks so easy on paper, and then in reality, you start running into all of these situations that you would have never known about unless you tried it. So it took a little bit to get into my element to find my pace. And it's been a lot of fun. And one of the cool things that I absolutely was not expecting in my first year of podcasting is that I won a gold Davy Award. What is that? The Davy is based on Davy and Goliath. And Davies are the small companies that went out there and did big things and conquered the Goliaths of the world, which I just get chills thinking about that I was even included in anything like that, and that I have my statuette. I was absolutely not expecting to get that. And it wasn't just an award. It was gold category Uh for interview talk show. I love it. And I'm not
1: surprised. Oh, thank you. I'm not surprised at all. Because you always excel at whatever you do, whatever you put your mind to, Sylvia, I've always known you to give it 110%. You just go above and beyond whatever you attempt. And you're an example for all of us in that way of of really, if you're going to choose something, choose big and play hard.
0: Right. And have fun. And have fun. All traits that we learn from each other. I think the same about you. And I know that you're going to be a huge success. And I just think it's really awesome what you're doing, especially that you're going to be directing a lot of this to parents of children with autism, because, you know, so much support is needed in that arena. It's, you know, like you said, there's that grieving process and being able to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your children. And then understanding how to connect when the communication styles are so vastly different sometimes from what we're used to having.
1: You know, the truth is autism has grown so much that everybody knows somebody that has a child or, or maybe they have a grandchild or a niece or a nephew. Everybody has somebody that has autism in their life these days. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon. You know, when we were first doing all this, nobody was very aware. And now 20, 25 years later, there's a lot of awareness around it. But there's still a lot of work to go in terms of allowing and defining people, allowing people to embrace their autism as gifts that let them use the gifts that come with that to serve and live their lives. There's so many amazing people that have autism. And, you know, those are just things I've been putting in place. And so now I'm ready to start having some clients and some groups that I want to run. And now just taking action steps to my the way that I'll deliver the materials and stuff, all all the little details like that that also have to be in place. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to put all that together so
0: it's a lot just even doing the podcast there's so much associated with it it takes a lot and i kept thinking oh it's gonna get easier and it doesn't it's that old saying you know it doesn't get any easier you just get better (laughs) yes so (laughs) so it's that sort of thing but there is a lot associated with having your own business but um yeah, it's been really good. I think that one of the things that you could do with the life master coaching and the dream building and the success coaching and all of that is to do your own podcast that one of the beautiful things about doing an audio podcast is that you don't have to get dressed up and your hair could be a mess. And,
1: <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> yes. I- nobody's-
0: <laughs> is what you look like. They're just hearing your voice. Exactly. But that's always a concern because, you know, like right now I have this nasally thing going. And so sometimes I think, well, it would really add a lot to have the video so that people are not just using one sense, but they're using more senses to absorb the episode. You know what? Though a lot of times
1: I'll just put something on a talk or something. And I'm just walking around the house doing things, but I'm listening in my ear pods to stimulate my mind as I do house cleaning or whatever. So sometimes it doesn't matter even with the pictures because I'm just using my ears anyway. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I probably will look into it when I get to that step.
0: And you can always reach out to me and I'd be happy to help you get it set up.
1: Well, if that's a genuine offer, I will probably do that because, you know, I'm just learning the world of tech. You know, when you teach preschool, you're not doing too much with computers. And so it wasn't until COVID that I really learned how to get on different platforms. It's all been a big learning curve. Yeah. But now I love it. I love being able to do things virtually because you can reach so many people.
0: Yes, And it's great, I think, especially for coaching. So many therapists are now doing Zoom calls and it works just fine. And sometimes clients are much more comfortable in their own homes. You know, they can find a little nook that's private somewhere and sit in their big, comfortable chair and wrap a blanket around them and talk about whatever they need. Or, you know, they know where the pens and the pencils are. If they're sitting down and, you know, just writing some plan out with their coach or Mm -hmm. whatever, I think that Zoom is often the way to go. And it's nice to have both available for the person who wants to do an in-person session. And I know the coaching
1: that I get coached with, we have access to the replay. And a lot of times I'll go back because there'll be a moment when I don't want to be scribbling the notes because I want to be present. Right. And so I'll go back and then take the notes off of the recording so that I have it in writing.
0: Yeah, we can spend a day Thank setting you. you up and yeah, yeah, I'd be totally happy to. Like, you know, I love spending time with you so and and you're you're patient. I feel like she can teach me cuz she's not gonna
1: be like, "Oh, Cindy, come on. <laughs> I
0: showed you four times." <laughs> <laughs> I will make sure to do that a few times for you. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> um, is there something else that
1: we should add? Um, no, but we could do it again sometime when I when I'm a little more down the road. Yes. I would love that. Well, I, I hope I was articulate enough.
0: You were amazing. And I'm not just saying that. You really are.
1: Well, it's it's only because you're so amazing because you led the conversation so nicely and with such positivity. And gosh, you praised mm-hmm. me up a ton. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, oh, I feel validated oh, today. I I, I truly you really validated me today. You you made me feel like a princess over here.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Oh my god, I'm really happy to hear your voice too. So. But honestly, you've always lifted me up. In I mean, just
1: being around you is uplifting. You know, you just have that spirit, and you're just so encouraging and joyful and positive. And you've always lifted everybody up. It's natural for you.
0: I truly, I, I really do. Appreciate that. I do try. I do try. And I I think the world is a wonderful place to live in no matter what's going on. And it's, again, it's people like you, you know, it's having good people in my life and, um, and, and really connecting with people creating better experiences in the community of good people is that's my goal. Well,
1: you're doing well with it. I did listen to two or three of that you suggested. Like, I, I did enjoy your podcasts.
0: Thank you. I, I mean, really, I think I've got some, I hope that they, that my friends came out as really amazing, exceptional people. Oh, absolutely. Remarkable.
1: You know, you're, you're good at validating them and, and letting, letting people know what you saw amazing about them. And that's always a nice thing to hear it. Through somebody else's eyes, you know, I think it is.
0: And, you know, it's nice to be able to um, not just give that gift to others, but to be able to give the gift to myself, that I was able to tell somebody like, this is why you're so amazing. And I don't think that we do that enough. It's you know, again that symbiotic relationship that I was talking about when, you know, when you validate somebody, you're validating yourself and and the icing on the cake is that I get to share it with
1: mm-hmm.
0: other people in the world, you know, and I just I just love that so much. Well keep it up. Keep it up because it's
1: fun and, and you're and you're a good interviewer. You you're very natural with this and and fun to
0: listen to yeah it's taken a year but thank you <laughs> maybe you just uh... it's a lot of work you know it's like like you were saying with your TEDx talk where you know you're really awkward and and you're thinking uh, thinking too much about all of the different things that you can't focus on what you're saying i think it's like that at the beginning of anything and definitely like i've taken down most of the early episodes because I just sounded so stilted <laughs> and contrived, you know, it was kind of like I was just coming up with things to say. My first episode was only seven minutes long. And it was terrible. But I had to put it out there. I knew that it was terrible. I knew that at some point I was going to be removing it. But you've got to put yourself out there. And imperfect action is better than no action yes just take that first step i hope that this episode inspires you to find the things that you love and how to bring more of them into your life as soon as cindy has a contact site available i'll post it on my socials please in the meantime take a moment to rate this episode because your ratings really do move this podcast closer to the top of searches so that my friends and i can reach more people I'm looking forward to sharing more upcoming in the company of friends talks with you. So be sure to follow me on the socials and the dot com all at the Queen Trail podcast. That's T-H-E-Q-U-A-I-N-T-R-E-L-L-E podcast. I am Syl Annan, the Queen Trail. And until next time, I wish you passion, grace, kindness, connections, fun, elegance and beauty.